Central Indiana. How are you? Copy machine works. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> uh, it is uh, Sunday morning. It's no. the first day at a new time. I've, oh, no, I don't have it. Oh, and I still didn't have it. Kylin Talley is on the board. Good morning. Hall of Fame broadcaster Terry Lynn Stacy. Yeah. We've got, we've got Donnie on a mic, and we've got the famous Scott Eakers. That's right. And listen, just real quickly, I want to mention we are grateful for, to be here with you today. This is the first day out of the first day hour. Look, we're, I'm so intimidated because we have such a superstar in the room. This is the first day show, and we're brought to you by Greg Cooper and Lisa Phillips, real estate consultants with Crossroads Collective at Compass Real Estate, CrossroadsCollectiveHomes.com, or you can also visit Hoosier Home Values 2023.com, too. Uh, we're here for the next couple of hours. As Danny mentioned, we've got new hours. We're here 11 to 1 each Sunday morning with you, and we are glad you're here too. Over the next couple of hours, we're going to talk about, uh, well, we'll have investing since. We hope we can get it in. Uh, that's with Denny Smith. <laughs> you're just intimidated because I told you I was going to be on fire today. And you are. Yeah. Morel mushrooms, are you still hunting them? Oh, yeah. Still finding them all over the state, but that season is just about to end. So we'll talk to an expert on what to look for if you'd like to go out and hunt some morel mushrooms. They're very, very uh, high in value. Kylan also will talk to the, uh, let's see, the first, this is your a first IndyCar expert. driver, right? Oh, yeah. It's your first yeah, IndyCar Connor driver. Yeah, Connor Daly. Yep. What a wonderful down-to-earth man. We'll also talk about how the writer's strike is affecting you and you might not even know it, or could affect you and you might not even know it. Uh, terrible storms last night. Uh, everybody made it through okay. I know uh, a lot of you have pets that were up and about, and it was kind of a restless night. A lot of lightning. We could have some more severe storms maybe later on today, and it will continue raining uh, until, I guess, in tomorrow. We've got some storm threat as well. So here's what we want to do. As the school year is ending, and education and educators have certainly been in the news continue to be in the news as you look at the year that was and teachers that have done wrong certainly make headlines but I believe that the good outweigh the bad by far I know so many great inspiring educators that go above and beyond and uh, I thought maybe that we would do this after decades in radio and television and instructing at UND, Scott Eaker has decided to leave that position of general manager of WICR, the public radio station that is owned by UND. And it's where broadcast students get their feet wet, basically, and then we, we take them here at WIBC. That's the truth. We have had so many. We can't even count how many UND students have come through our doors. And the common thread among each of these young people is that they were taught by Scott Eaker. And he's here in studio. Everyone that has ever come through his stable yeah. is always on time. Right. Yet what is more maddening well, than mean, have a producer? It's not on time. It, it, it's right. And there is, you know, the, each and every one of them are different. But you can tell when they come from you, Indy, under Scott's direction. Because they are, they're kind, they're respectful, they're hardworking, they're, they're excited. They're professional. They're, they really love this business. And they get it from Scott, and we haven't even heard his voice. Hi, Scott. Hi, Terry. Thank you so much for having me here today. I'm, We're so glad I'm, you're here. I'm honored to be on uh, on your show, first of all, oh. but also the uh, the mighty, the legendary, the heritage talk station in this town, WIBC. That you've had a connection with, partially with our network, Indiana. We're going to talk about that as well. How many years have you been at UND? It'll be 26th, 26 years next week. And... 
you said goodbye. You're still young. You know, are you thinking that this is retirement or what are you thinking about? This is retirement from academia. I went there in 1997 to stay five years. You know, as I tell students all the time that be careful about what you say you'll never do in life. Because growing oh, up, I said, amen. I will never, ever teach. My parents were both teachers. I'm not going to be a teacher. And 26 years later, I'm still teaching. So, so it's been it's been an amazing journey. I've been very blessed with the support of the university, with with those who have mentored me at the university, and and, and just our wonderful students. But uh, no, I'm not retiring from professional life. I'm just retiring from academia. And you mentioned Network Indiana. That was kind of my first act, which was broadcast journalism, and I enjoyed every minute of it. Was so blessed to be there. I've had my academic and educational radio act, which has been very, very blessed with that as well. I honestly don't know what the third act is at this point, but it just felt like it was time. And, um, you know, I've, 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 I've had opportunities that I don't know that I deserved along the way. So I think God's got a plan for what comes next. And I just got to figure it out. And people have been saying in the last couple of weeks since I've announced that I'm retiring from the university, You've really got this figured out. Just you, you, tell me I can keep it. No, I really don't. I don't know what comes next, but I'm really excited. I'm, as I'm telling people, I'm, I'm half terrified, half excited because to walk away from something willingly that you've done for the last quarter of a century and had success at and to go into the unknown is terrifying. But I know I've got about 10 years left. I turned 55 this fall, so I think I am young enough to do something else. It is very exciting to find out what that is. And it just, it just, became very apparent to continue to do what I was doing. I was never going to have the time to find out what that last act was. So uh, I'm walking away willingly. Um, love the university. I've already had some conversations about how I might be able to stay involved and make sure there's a, an orderly and neat and, and great transition. So the students continue to get the experience that we gave them all those years. Um, but it's time to move on. I think people, wow. uh, yeah, Denny, I want you to get your question in, but I just want to ask you, how do you know, I think this is something, a challenge in, in all of us. How do you know when it's time to, to leave something and to go on to something else? Is there, I just don't know, because I, I wait for that, and sometimes I think, you know, is it time? I don't know. I, I think for me it was, it was a couple of things. Again, I'm a man of faith, and, and I have prayed a lot about it, that, you know, God, where do you want me? You know, for the last, I mean, I never planned to go to a university. I never planned to teach, but I was led in that direction through a series of events that, that, that uh, I never expected would happen, and it all worked out. I think in the last couple of years, it's gotten much more difficult for me to connect with students. And, and, and I think we can blame some of that on COVID, but I think that's, an, that's, that's a too simplistic answer. I think that students were starting to change pre-COVID. And COVID just exacerbated that. And from that standpoint, I've really tried the last couple of years to have read the research on Gen Z. I've tried changing assignments. I've tried changing presentation. I've really tried to connect. And I, I think I've done a decent job, but the job just got a lot harder. And I wasn't really enjoying it. Yeah. And, and as I've told our, our students that have graduated and our students that are currently there, nothing changes. We talk about our alumni network and our wonderful alums that I'm always going to be here for them. I just, you know, my email might change, my phone number might change, but I'm always going to be here for them. So that continues. I also think that just prayerfully considering this, I think I'm destined to do something else. So a lot of it is just, just faith and prayer and, and, and so on. But 
I think the job just got very, very, very difficult near the end. And it's not that I'm not willing to work at it, but you just think what we do, if it's meaningful, should be hard, but should it be this, this difficult? And, and then when the university kind of hit me over the head and said, we're willing to uh, pay for you to retire early. Um, that was kind of that last sign of, yeah. of if you don't take this buyout, yeah. then you're missing the point. So it's just a series of events, and, and, and I think that instinctively that everyone in this room, I would just say, you'll know when it's time. And, and I historically have stayed everywhere I've been probably a year or two too long out of loyalty because I really believe that if somebody gives you an opportunity, you owe them and you have to pay them back. But I, I think I've more than done that. And again, I, I really truly believe there's something out there. There's a platform out there where I can make even more of a difference for young professionals. And that's what my hope is. I just don't know what it is yet. This is Scott Eager, who is uh, leaving education. He's been at it for a long time. And uh, we thought we would shine a light on great educators. And he's just one of the best here in our community. The impact that he's made on lives like Donnie Burgess and Kylan Talley and all of the uh, UND students have come through our doors here at WIBC. Denny? I have always been taught that you'll know, you, you you just confirmed it, that there's a gut instinct that you know yes. when it's time to leave the herd and go find another another pack or whatever. Um, you're going to have an exit interview with the university, and they're <laughs> going to be taking notes. But I, what I heard was generationally things have changed. Um, have, you, have you put any genesis to that, where it came from, Scott? You know, I, I, I don't know exactly where it came from. I think it's very easy, Denny, to say – well, it's a COVID thing. I think we blame a lot of things on COVID, that, and, and, and rightfully so. Like I said, I think it accelerated the change, but I saw the change happening before. And, and I don't know exactly what it is. I think that with the next generation of students, there are a lot of positives. They're, oh, I think they're, they're going to save they're the really, world. They really, this, really are. Yeah. And, and I think that's part of it is their outlook you know, they expect good things to happen. They don't. They don't just. They don't just embrace diversity. They expect it. They're very accepting, and so on. Um, what I think, though, is they are really struggling to adult. And 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 I would say that that the last five six years, I have probably spent more time teaching what I would call and 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 this this. I don't mean this negatively, and if you take it that way, uh, the listeners, that's not the way I mean it, but I've really spent a lot of time reteaching remedial adulthood to help them just grow up, to help them. We talk all the time at, 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 in our program that nobody wants to hire college students. They just don't. WIBC does not want to hire college students. WIBC wants to hire young professionals, and there's a huge difference, and they have really struggled to, I'm a college student, that's true, but how do I present myself as a young professional? Because the two have very distinct and very different behaviors. And I think, Denny, part of this is they're not coming to the university with some of the skills, some of the street smarts, some of those life skills that they did maybe five or ten years ago. And it's not their fault. It's really not. And 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 as one of my mentors mentioned several years ago, I was so frustrated and I sat right down here on the circle at uh, the cafe down here with, I'm sure you know, Charlie Morgan. Oh, sure. Charlie Our was uh, general manager. Charlie was a longtime general manager here and Charlie was one of my mentors since I was in college. So fortunate to have him. And I said, I'm very frustrated. And I said, I'm tired of teaching them how to become adults. I want to teach them how to be broadcasters. This is only your mentor can do. He looked at me and he said, Scott, I imagine that's frustrating. 
but if you don't do it, who will? Exactly. And when, and when your mentor says that to you, yeah. the first thing you understand is, well, now I got to do it. <laughs> so so, so yeah. from that standpoint, you know, and, and again, that's why the, the, this whole mentoring thing, whether it's those who've mentored me or those that I've mentored or those that our students mentor, because we have a very strong student mentoring component. Um, so I really do think that the challenges for the next generation of, of higher educators is going to be really trying to bridge that gap from what they used to have coming out of high school and what they need to launch their professional career as young professionals, not just recently graduated college students. I think it's interesting to hear him talk about the different generation and how different young people are today. But it sounds like when Charlie Morgan says you need to, when you're talking about becoming adults, and it sounds like adults, our parents have actually changed as well because that's where it starts, right? All the general generational research that I've read in trying to transform myself as a better educator for the next generation of students, that is the one common thread that comes through is that parenting is the most important factor in terms of how kids grow up and how prepared they are for the outside wow, world. How true yeah, that is. Absolutely. Um, we want to keep you as long as you can stay. Uh, Donnie Burgess, also Kylan Talley, your former students, are with us, and we will talk about that. Network Indiana, how you built that to be, because that's part of us here at WIBC, and uh, and a lot more, too. We're glad you're here with us this morning on the first day on 93 WIBC. Thank you for sunshine. Thank you for rain. Thank you for joy. Thank you for pain. It's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day. Welcome back to the first day on 93 WIBC. The song that you're hearing right now, this kid, his name's Rashawn, he went viral on TikTok for this song that he's singing in a third world country. And now people have taken that song, made it into a full song, and now he's able to go and create music for a career, something that he would have never been able to do prior as a career. And our medium that we're working in, radio, media, anything like that, can be such a beautiful format to be able to to spread stories like this. Today, we are joined by Scott Eaker, an influential broadcaster, educator, advisor, mentor, and Scott, he, I feel like could speak to this type of thing. Scott, this is one of the reasons I Scott, have... Yeah, Kylan came, Kylan, Kylan and Donnie Burgess, if you're just joining us, were both former students of Scott Eakers at UND, where mm-hmm. he's the general manager. Just in case anybody's just tuning in for a minute, wanted to kind of set that play, that table again. Yeah, and one of the reasons I joined radio and found a love for it was because of Scott and being able to share these stories in a different way. Scott... What was the reason you went into broadcasting? Ooh, that was 38 years ago. I've got to think back here. Is that uh, before stoplights? Yeah, that's, uh, I like to tell people, Denny, that's uh, back <laughs> in the days of silent radio before talkies were invented. So, uh, you no. and I are both celebrating about 38 years together. Yeah, we both came into yeah. this world about the same time. Yeah, and it's it's been just a great ride. I, I think the reason I came into it was I loved sports. And I quickly realized that uh, I wasn't fast enough, big enough, strong enough. I couldn't hit the curveball. That 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 going forward, my way to be in the uh, on the in the uh, stadium on, uh, in the arena was going to be through sports broadcasting. Mm-hmm. And and again, I, I talked earlier about how important mentoring is. I had a, I went to a high school that had a high school radio station. 
Where I did had, you go? Here in Indiana? Here in Indiana? No, in northeastern Indiana, Huntington North High School. Okay. And uh, um, my original mentor was Mr. Bill Walker. To this day, I can't call him Bill. I still have to call him Mr. Walker <laughs> just because because he meant so much to me. Is he put me on the air? He critiqued me. He coached me. He helped me get better. And 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 I just I just fell in love with being the the eyes of the listener in the ballpark calling the game. And then I realized in college, uh, just uh, a little bit north of here at Butler University, that, uh, you know, you probably can't make enough money to, to uh, make a living. So then I uh, took a lot of journalism courses and started doing some news, kept doing sports. But I just really enjoyed being on the air. And, that, and that's weird because Mr. Walker would tell you if he were here that, that my first year in his radio class, I sat in the back of the room, never talked because I was so shy. And just got A's on all the quizzes because I was a good student. But then he put me on the air. And then one day he said, you know, you got to stop doing these half-hour post-game show. You need to learn to shut up. <laughs> and, 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 and what it really did for me is it brought oh, me out of my shell. And, and from that standpoint, I, I just fell in love with the idea of doing sports and doing news. And then once I had that passion as an educator, what do you want to do when you get a passion? You want to share it with others. Mm-hmm. You, you want them to have that same great experience that you had along the way. So that that's why I got into radio initially. I was already, I was set to go to Purdue and uh, design computers for a living because I love technology. Really? And uh, then Mr. Walker put me on the air and that was the end of that. I was going to be a broadcaster. <laughs> Donnie Burgess, who works in our WIBC newsroom. He was a former student as well. Donnie. So uh, this morning we've talked a little bit about what's coming next. We've just laid the groundwork for the beginning. Um, I think a, a big chapter of your story in particular that longtime listeners who are hearing your voice and name for the first time today may not know is your affiliation with Network Indiana and putting two, um, let's say, uh, influential people on the air for very. the very first time, one Bob Lovell and one former vice president of the United States, Mike Pence take it away yeah you're gonna you're gonna blame me for that aren't you because um, <laughs> a lot of people do um yeah when i when i uh i, I just said again had a wonderful mentor gary truitt who still does agricultural oh, sure. radio in the in, in, in the uh in the in the state of indiana and and beyond but uh i worked part-time as a news anchor at uh network indiana while i was in college and then i did an internship there and then they do as they sometimes do in broadcasting. They fired everybody. They just fired everybody. And then, then about a month later, I got a call from the executive vice president of the company saying, we'd like to hire you back. We didn't quite understand what you did. And, and so that felt good. And then wow. a, few, a few months later, oh, I was a 22-year-old news director. They put me in charge of this newsroom. We had 37 affiliates. And, and they all hated us because we were not good. Um, I remember going to a, a station, and, and I won't say where, but we were, uh, um, that we were labeled on the board as, as network incompetent. Uh, we were labeled in a tech room at another station as not work Indiana. And I realized that, that I had to, to, to fix some things here. And in retrospect, and Terry, you and I were talking about how you know, it's amazing when opportunities come along that you probably don't deserve and you're not ready for. But it was like, all right, I was probably looking back on it too young, too naive to understand that I really wasn't smart enough to fix this. So I just rolled up my sleeves and went to work. You fixed it. You took it from 35 stations, if I remember right, to 100 when it peaked out. When I left, it was more than 100. And um, we, we expanded the newsroom. We started making sure that we were doing what the affiliates wanted from us. We talked to them. 
And one of the things they wanted, Donnie, to your question is they, they said, we, we love the newscast at the top and the bottom of the hour. We love your reports from the State House and, the, and, and on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C. So once we fix news, we said they want more programming. We've got to launch long-form programming. And uh, a, a wonderful program director at W, uh, one of the other stations here in town, WNDE at the time, had this Saturday morning talk show, the Mike Pence Show. And she sent us a tape. Lou Middleton was the affiliate relations manager and myself. And uh, we said, all right, let's, let's give this a shot. And so we put the Mike Pence show on the air. And, uh, again, for those of you who blame me for him becoming governor, <laughs> I was like oh 26, gosh. 27 years old, and I didn't know anything. I just, I just absolutely was trying to do great radio because that's what I knew at that point. And, and, and Mike was, at the point, we used to joke with him when his ego would get a lot of control. We called him the two-time loser. Because he had lost the second congressional district twice to to Phil Sharp. And so if he had future political aspirations, which looking back on it, he probably did, we did play right into that because we gave him name recognition statewide through through that radio show. Um, and then it's interesting you brought up Bob Lovell because he called me earlier this week and he reminisced because that show is going to be in its 30th year this fall, I believe. Something. Indiana yeah, Sports right. Talk. Yeah. And uh, I remember the day where he called me and he said, I've got an idea for us to do some sports, sports casting together. And I said, that's a terrible idea. Um, it'll never work. But I got a better idea. How'd you like to host a radio show? And uh, he called me earlier this week and he said, congratulations on your retirement, Scott. I wish I said, hey, I got an idea for your next act, but I don't. So, so, but, uh, oh my you gosh, know, that's the, funny. The, I didn't know Bob wasn't on, hadn't done any radio before. No, he was the head basketball talk. coach at IUPUI. And uh, right. I had been their play-by-play guy for a few years. So Bob and I knew each other, um, but he wanted to do uh, some kind of syndicated Division One college thing. I said, no, that, that you'll never clear enough markets. We'll never make money, and uh, I don't want to travel that much. So no. But how would you like to do this talk show? And people always ask, well, you know, you launched Indiana Sports Talk with Bob Lovell, still around 30 years later, the Mike Pence show that only ended, quite frankly, because Mike ran for the United States Congress, or that show probably would still be on the air today because it was a truly good show. They ask, well, well, how do you how do you develop shows like that? And I said, well, it really comes down to three things. And very few of them have to do anything with radio. You just need the right host. You, you need a Terry Stacy. You need mm-hmm. the right host for the show. And in each of those cases, I looked for someone who had style that was interesting. And for those of you that know Mike and Bob, they certainly have style mm-hmm. and they're certainly interesting. They must know their subject matter. And someone in this building asked me, I said, well, you probably hired Lovell because of his contacts. I said, no, I hired him because he had a master's degree in English. You have to have people who have a grasp of the English language. Mike, with his uh, his advanced degree, his, his law degree, was very well-spoken. Bob was very well-spoken. So you put together, we're, they're well-spoken, they know their subject matter, and they're just interesting and have some style. That's the start of a good talk show. Oh, that is the fantastic, I, I think he's educator of the of the year. Uh, I'm going to call him that. Uh, Scott Eaker is here. He is leaving you, Andy, after decades of working and instructing and teaching and become and the general manager, by the way, of WICR-FM, which is the UND radio station. We hear it all over central Indy, all over here. I hear it here, right in Indianapolis. We hear it pretty good distance. Um, but anyway, he's going to stick around because we want to shine a light on great educators. And uh, we'll continue to do so. Can you stick around a little bit longer? 
uh, for you, Terry, the Hall of Famer. Oh, Absolutely. Love it. Thanks for joining us here on the first day. It's 113593WIBC. It is 11.36. Terry Stacy, along with Denny Smith, Kylan Talley producing today's show. Uh, this is the first day. We're glad you're here with us. We're brought to you by Greg Cooper and Lisa Phillips, real estate consultants at Crossroads Collective at Compass Real Estate, CrossroadsCollectiveHomes.com, and also HoosierHomeValues2023.com. And Denny, they're here. They are here, and each week we get a chance to ask some different questions of them that we, you know, if you've ever wondered, uh, wondered about your own home, if you wonder about what's it worth, how do I make it better? Is that really marketable? It's really neat to sit down with these two because they know what they're talking about. Greg, I'm going to go to you right off the bat. And it has to do when it comes to spending money on your home. If you want to fix it up, I always hear you can slam money into the kitchen, this, that, and the other. But I couldn't find my you-know-what in a well-lit room when it comes to real estate. Spring is a big time of year for people to spruce up and upgrade their homes. Is there a way for homeowners to be sure they're spending the money in the right places? Greg, what do you think? Uh, absolutely. But the, let's remember that spending money on your home is a combination of two things, Denny. It's a being aware of what brings you the best return in your investment and money that you spend in your home. And also, what's your quality of life worth? I mean, do you want to do something that makes you happy more than brings you return? I, and I think to that end, you need somebody who can be an advocate for you, who can really give you the skinny on what's important. Some people might want a sky blue pink granite countertop. That's <laughs> awesome. That may not be the best return on your investment. So the answer is, Yes, you need some advocacy, but it's absolutely worth it to put that money back into your home. And then, Lisa, putting that money back into your home, where are some of the places in the home that home buyers look to and want to see that upgrade? It comes down right now, visually, kitchens and primary bathrooms. So that is where the best return to do. But don't forget, no one wants to replace a furnace or an air conditioning unit or a roof. So that's important as well. Greg, when it comes to the kitchen, you know, being the plumber, we always we were always involved in these and they were we thought we were the king of the hill because we were putting the plumbing in. That had very little to do with it. When it comes to a kitchen upgrade, isn't money spent uh, is it good money spent on the kitchen? Well, Denny, considering your plumbing background, there's no reason you earned that title as Mr. Sexy, because that, I think, plays right into to the, to the whole kitchen remodeling. That's and right. Home remodeling thing. That's right. But, but, but the reality is that there is such a thing as, as spending the right money. And while you may not see plumbing, if your plumbing is corroded and leaking, go through the, to the lower level in the crawl space of your basement, that's problematic as well. But the reality is you want to spend your money in a smart way way. Some things are very worthwhile. Some things don't bring you any return and some things are just a waste. So while the kitchen and the owner suite, the primary owner suite are the two biggies. And I would add also curb appeal on the front of the house. And that's what everybody's doing right now is dumping down mulch and sticking stuff on the ground. I would argue and suggest that you need an advocate to tell you this is a great place to spend money. The, don't put the duck border in right now. That's probably not going to be the highest return on your kitchen investment. Oh, boy. It's Greg Cooper along with Lisa Phillips. Lisa, you know, what if you just want to stay in your house maybe six months at the most? Does it, does it matter how long you plan on being in your home when you're planning that home remodeling project? Yeah, it really does. If you're going to stay in for five to 10 years, it totally changes. Okay, you can do the pool. You will get your return out. But if you're just doing six months, we just look at the basic stuff to need to do to refresh it, which would be curb appeal, some paint, flooring, basic stuff to do it. That'll work. Greg, uh, Mr. Sexy here. I want to know, <laughs> yeah. if I don't have any money in my in my wallet to do this, and yet I know that I can get a better price, how in the, way do, how in the world do I finance 
upgrading the kitchen and the bathroom or the or the, or the homeowner's, homeowner's suite? Well, that's an incredibly intimidating subject, Eddie, for a lot of people. Now, the good news is that over the last couple of years, if you lived there two years, you got equity. Uh, just ask the tax assessor, Lord knows, in the last couple of weeks. But there are two ways that you can really get access to that equity, and it's money well spent on your home if you spend it wisely. Number one, there are different types of home equity lines out there called HELOCs which are home equity loans, and you can use those at a very reasonable interest rate to make upgrades. And then, you know, that money is a mortgage you tax to your home, so it has some tax consequences for the better as well. If you're going to be there less than a year, we have a concierge program where we help you get that money out of your home at no charge to you, and, and it just gets paid back at, at closing. So there are different ways, depending upon the length of time you're going to be on your home, in your home, but, but both do not involve you writing big checks out of your mock pocket tomorrow. We are crazy about you two, and we really do believe in you. And you're the best. And uh, Greg Cooper and Lisa Phillips, real estate consultants with Crossroads Collective at Compass Real Estate. You'll find them at CrossroadsCollectiveHomes.com. Also, HoosierHomeValues2023.com. And then uh, both of you, I know, are on Instagram. Lisa, how can they find you? At Lisa Fuller Phillips. And Greg? And I'm at Greg.Cooper.Realtor. And that's also on Instagram, obviously. Okay, gotcha. You guys are, are the best. You really are. And we appreciate you so much. Thank you. And we look forward to our conversation next week. Get out Thanks. there and work on those tans, you two. You bet. That's Mr. Sexy to you. <laughs> hey, thanks very much, guys. We'll talk to you in, uh, very soon. It's 1142 on 93 WIBC. Living out this life I've chose and gone to know so well. It's eleven forty-five. It's the leader this of the song band. Makes me sad. It Dan, does. Dan Fogelberg. He also wrote, wrote a, a story about horses. Yeah, and I know. You know how I feel about that. Boy, don't I. <laughs> By the way, I will what expect you guys to introduce horses? me now as Mr. Sexy. Well, how, no, Can you we'll believe that, leave Greg that for Greg. Greg Cooper. Yeah. He's one in a million. What a great day on radio, Terry Lynn. I'm loving it. I'm glad all of you are here to enjoy it with us. I decided that, you know, we, we have a lot of stories in the news about educators that have done wrong done bad things and it's time to shine a light because i think there are far more educators that are inspiring and and uh certainly motivating and are working above and beyond what they were asked to do and one of these great educators is scott eaker from UND. he's been the general manager for wicr fm for a lot of years but broadcasting and television and radio what, 30 years, over 30 years, right, Scott? 38? 30 I, I went on the air 38, more than 38 yeah. years ago. I've been at the university the last roughly 26. Do you have any idea how many kids have come through your door? No. Do you, Kylan Talley, Denny, Donnie Burgess that's is also here. They're former question. students. There, there's, that's a number we could not uh, tally no. up. I, we just, were, I just know when the university kind of – I was going to wait to announce that I was retiring until after the school year ended because I needed to be focused on – getting grades turned in, graduating seniors, helping them get jobs and all that. And then the university said, well, we're going to announce it at the full faculty meeting. I thought, all right, well, I got to start getting in front of this. And and so I sent uh, an email to our alumni because I wanted them to hear it from me. And I know there were uh, 90 people copied on that email. Wow. You know, I know and I, and I, know I missed some, Sue, and I, and I apologize to all of them. It was just 
that's what I could come up with and where I knew where people were. We could come up with about 35 or 40 young people that have come through the doors here that have come from you, Andy. And as I mentioned at the, the opening when we introduced you, I can tell every one of them who's come from, from you, uh, not, not as a, a born child, but that have come from your leadership. You know what I like about him, Terry, is just that one story he told. When you're in radio, the, the habit is for everybody to say, oh, you're doing great, you're doing great. Oh, yeah, I love that segment. What I hear is that you tell them the truth, and that type of direct feedback is cherished by anybody who's been on the radio two days or 20 years. I mean, we don't get reliable feedback, Scott. Well, and, and, and I would say that, that, yes, I mean, if there's anything that we've been told, and, and, and sometimes it's good, as you're intimating, and I, and I appreciate that, but we've been told that you got to stop being so honest with students, and I'm like, no, we, we, we can't. And, and, and we have to, I mean, they're spending a lot of money to go to college. College is not cheap. College is too expensive. We can all agree on that and so on. But if this experience is going to be a meaningful experience, then we have to be honest with them. And, and I'll just tell a quick story, if I can, about one of our, one of our former students that, uh, um, you know, the way he likes to tell the story, it's the day that I destroyed his dreams and broke his heart. But I don't remember it quite that way. <laughs> But, but we're, honest, we're honest with students in that he came into my office and, and said, I want to be a rock and roll disc jockey. And I said, um, Jason, that's great, except you're pretty, pretty awful on the air. You really are. <laughs> I said, but have you, ever thought of, uh, have you ever thought of engineering? Because you have a gift with technology. No, I don't want to do that. I said, give me one semester. Just give me one semester. You'll still do some on-air work. We're going to put you in our student engineering department and see what happens. And um, he is now a regional vice president of engineering with Bonneville Communication on the West oh Coast. Oh, my goodness. Is that and, a true story? And, and Radio Television Business Report, one of the industry trade magazines, just came out. And on their top 20 most influential technology people in radio and television, he's number 14 on the list. That's amazing. But a decade ago, he's going to be a really bad disc jockey. Really bad <laughs> disc jockey. So to your point, Denny... The one thing that I've always told my staff, and again, this is not just me, all right? I, I, I'm the leader, and I take responsibility for what went right, and I'll take responsibility for what went wrong. That's what leaders do. But I always tell the staff that we're going to need to have difficult conversations with students, but never have that conversation until you know the but. That in Jason's case, it was, you're not going to be an air personality, but... I have another path for you. Let's give this a shot. Because you really can destroy a student and their dreams and their hopes and, and so on. You need to have that conversation, but only when you get to know them enough and develop enough of a relationship where you can have the but and then redirect them to where their talent and hopefully their interests are going to collide, and that's the career pathway. It is 11.50. Our time is running out, but not, not before we come. We want to come back. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to find out what you're going to miss about all these years of teaching. And then I also want to ask Kylan and Donnie what and how you changed their lives as well. When we return to the first day on 93 WIBC. It's 11.52. Terry Stacy, Denny Smith, Donnie Burgess, Kylan Talley, and in studio, Scott Eaker. Before we let you go, I've got a couple questions I want to know. I guess let's start with Kylan. What has this gentleman meant to you oh, as you were becoming a young broadcaster? I don't think we have time for that, Terry. You know how much time minutes. we got. You're, you're guarding the clock. All right. The first thing, I went to UND fully intending on just being there for theater. Had a few extra credits because I had gotten dual credits in AP classes in high school. 
So like, I'll journey into journalism. And then I met Scott and fell into electronic media. I thought I would have at least been in TV, but nope, radio, he gave me a passion for it. I love showed it. Showed me different ways to use it, had me fall in love with production of it, which is why I'm here behind the board. And Thank goodness. Yeah, I think that was probably one of the biggest things. He gave me a whole different life path that I didn't realize and showed me ways to mix both of them. Still have theater, still have radio, be able to do it all, but in good balance. And I'll tell you what, Scott, she's also one of our best teachers. When new, younger people come in, she's one of our best and most patient teachers. And again, I say that common thread. I, I kind of know where she came from. Donnie, for you, and look where, and Donnie's success has been amazing. It's uh, one word for it. I will keep it short. So basically, award winning Donnie Burgess, by the way. Uh, oh, stop mm-hmm. it. I entered the uh, University of Indianapolis with absolutely no plan. And by the end of first semester, I put my plan in motion to drop out of college. And I was like, yeah, this. This isn't going to work out. I have no idea what I'm going to do with my life. And by the end of second semester, I had entered the radio and television program and met Scott. And by the by senior year, I had stumbled, fallen, stumbled, fallen. It was it was a mess. It was ugly to watch. But Scott was like, "You know what? I'll give you a shot at becoming the director of news and public affairs at the station and see what happens." And now all these years later, here we are. So I always tell people I owe my career to two people, Scott Eaker and Chris Davis, former news director here at WIBC. I, lo- I love these stories. I this, do too. this is what your eulogy will be like, only you get to hear it as man of the year, okay? But this is what your eulogy is going to yeah. be. All these kids well, standing up and saying things. I, yeah. I, tr- I truly hope there's more to come. I'm, again, I'm retiring from the university, not professional life. So if anybody out there has a way you might be able to use a slightly used broadcaster, don't Aww. keep it to yourself. Yeah, what'd you say? Wait till Halloween and then give me a call. Yeah, absolutely. So and I will just say this with Kylan, you know, she is a wonderful mentor. And I think that's one of the things in our program that's so special. Is the, the, the Donnie and Kylan have heard me say this before that that when one person teaches, two people learn, mm-hmm. and you can't you have not mastered a concept until you can teach it to someone else. So we make them teach it to the younger students. That's why they come out so prepared because they had to master the concept before they got here. What are you going to miss the most? Um, I'm going to miss teaching. I'm going to miss two things. Um, I'm going to miss those moments where the students figure out what their career pathway is when they when when, and you can see the light come on Mm -hmm. and if i've known that i've had a small part in that i'm going to miss that and i'm going to miss when they tell me they got their first job when they Mm -hmm. so when they figured out and when they launched their career what i'm not going to miss is the grading i have always hated grading i love coaching (laughs) students i hate assessing yeah and the two things coaching and assessing are very different you are one in a million. We're very, very lucky to have had you here in uh, the studio as well as edu- educating so many great young people. You're terrific. Scott Eaker, thank Thanks you, my so friend. Much, Wishing you the Thanks best so in much, the future. Danny. I know everything's going to be awesome. Thanks for joining us here. We've got another hour to go here on the first day, and uh, we'll be back after today's top stories. That's coming up on 93 WIBC, and, and that's all. <laughs> WIBC.com. That's why I'm easy.